The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio. Radio. 630 Chad. Devon and CC with the assist on Duchesne's power play goal. Now the Oilers another three on one. McDavid walks in right circle, juggles back door, one-timer score! Ty Ratty buries it, and the Oilers strike again! Outburst in the third period for the Edmonton Oilers. Connor McDavid, four points. The final, Edmonton six, Ottawa two. Ty Ratty, nice game for him as well. He gets his third of the season, added an assist. Ryan Nugent Hopkins with a goal and two assists. Drake Kajula scores twice. The Oilers win their second in a row. They go three and one on their four-game road trip. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Well, Rob, first of all, Connor McDavid just electrifying, taking the game over with uh, a variety of spectacular plays. 94 points now on the season, one behind Nikita Kucherov for the NHL scoring lead. Well, as I was just saying with Bob, it's hard to contain Connor McDavid when you've got a full lineup and you're a good hockey club. And and, and Connor, whenever he he plays, he attracts the best. He's playing against Dowdies, he's playing against Kesslers, he's playing against Giordano in Calgary, and they're always putting their best D, their best forwards on them. Well, tonight, the Ottawa Senators were very undermanned, and he was going against, is it Thomas Shabbat, I think, was the defenseman that was going against him all night long. He's just a young kid, barely out of the world juniors. Uh, He can't compete with the best in the world. And once Connor McDavid got skating in the third period, there's nothing that Ottawa could do to stop him. And he had his running mates with him. R&H was very good tonight. Ty Ratty had another very strong game. And Connor McDavid was Connor McDavid. And just beautiful plays, making something out of nothing. The one, it looked like he stick-handled himself into the back of the net on the Ratty goal, yet was still able to get the puck to Ratty across the crease, wide open, up back door. So uh, Connor McDavid... The, the season may be lost for the Edmonton Oilers, but Connor McDavid is playing to win, and Connor McDavid is going to win the scoring title. And we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. He, he won't admit it. He won't talk about it. But he's proud. He, he wants that scoring title to be his for as long as he plays in the National Hockey League. And he is slowly creeping up, and I can tell you all the other players in the NHL, including Kucherov, know that Connor McDavid is on his heels. So 6-2, the Oilers take it, and... That line is an interesting story. I mean, a lot of fans wanted Nugent Hopkins up there with McDavid for him to get a shot. Dreisaitl was there a lot throughout the year as mm-hmm. well. I mean, we'll talk about this more. I think you need two of those guys on the same line, and the third one can probably do okay on his own line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But Ty Ratty's been a nice addition. We don't know what's going to happen with him. He's He's spent most of his NHL career in the minors. He, he was an exciting junior player. With, uh, with Portland, he comes in with some experience. He's 25 years old, and, and I think that shows. And the goal we played, what I liked, Rob, it wasn't a flyby. He was skating, and he stopped himself mm-hmm. and made sure he stayed by the net. It wasn't right in front of the net, but he was around the net. And instead of McDavid having no one to put the puck to or getting a lower percentage shot away, Ratty makes himself available and is able to whap it in. Yeah, what you got with Ty Ratty is a guy that, understands offensive playing. I mean, he was a big-time scorer in junior, and it hasn't translated yet at the National Hockey League level, 
but he understands the game. He knows where he should be. He knows when to get the puck to, to the star players. He knows how to get open. And what you like about him, and it's again, it's a small sample size, and everybody can have a, a good spurt. Consistency is going to prove whether or not he can play at this level. He hasn't shown it yet, but he's seizing his opportunity. But what you like that he's showing right now is the greasy things he's doing. On the Nugent Hopkins two-on-one goal, it was a battle one at center ice between battle and a wing, a ratty and a winger. He wins the battle. McDavid picks the puck up, goes in. On the uh, Connor McDavid goal, he gives the puck to Nugent Hopkins. He drives through the, the middle of the D-man, pulling the D-man back, which allows his passing lane, Nugent Hopkins, to pass to McDavid. And then on his goal, again, he drove the net. He stopped on the post. He stayed where he's supposed to go. And even the Kajula goal that he scored on the assist from Lucic, again, it was Raddy that went through the middle that opened up a little bit of a lane for Lucic to get the puck in. If you're going to play with star players, you've got to produce. But you also got to do the little things because the little things add up to big things. And he was a big part. He was a part on the scoring sheet of two of the goals, and he also was a big part of two other goals where he didn't get credit with a point, but he helped make the play. Let's go back to Ottawa, and here is Ty Raddy. Keep revisiting this, but uh, you fit fit in really well on that line. You, you, you almost put yourself at some point, like the opportunity and, and what you're doing with it. For sure, I think uh, uh, happy for a win. That's an awesome road trip for the Oilers, and, and yeah, I pinch myself. I think obviously McDavid's last goal there. I'm just watching. I'm on the ice and I'm watching, and it's unbelievable what he can do with the puck. And uh, lucky enough to play with two good players, and lucky enough to contribute tonight. It's not everybody who could fit in in a situation like that. What do you what do you have to do? I think you just don't get your own head i think uh you're playing with the best player in the world and, and uh you think just look for him just look for him but uh trying to move my feet i'm trying to keep up with him and, and make plays and and uh open up ice and just get pucks back so right now it's clicking and, and like i said that's a nice road trip so ty Raddy, he's also our fourth star of the game for mission around auctioneering check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates he's an interesting one i, I mean i wonder what the oilers are going to do with him and, and we have to acknowledge this is not a large section of games Mm-mm. the last two games the Oilers have played teams that are in a dreary situation I mean the Oilers are well out of the playoffs but they're playing with more uh, care I I think even with with some injuries they still have some pretty good players obviously in their lineup they have their number one goalie playing well for the last month so so he has you know got some points against better teams like Florida and Tampa Bay on the weekend he also well actually last uh, the last game against Carolina that line was quieter that was Leon's line but but you know, like I said, he's, he's 25. He's now played 41 NHL games, not a ton. He is going to be an unrestricted free agent. He's making only $700,000. I am in no way suggesting, okay, great, there's your top-line guy. But I wonder if there is value to have him to try to keep him in the organization. because, And I think if he's called up, Rob, he has to play on one of the top two lines, mm-hmm. given his style. Well, what we've seen over the last couple of years with the Oilers and their depth... There's nobody, if, if the Oilers were healthy and playing today and they were in a playoff race and all of a sudden something happened to a Nugent Hopkins or something happened to uh, a dry settler, one of their top players, they have nobody that they can call up for the minors to fit into that slot. There's no forward in the, in the minors that you can call up and can be a top nine player. They've got nothing other than Ty Ratty. So if he's gone, you're going to have to go fill your minor league t- team with players like a Ty Ratty. You're going to have to find a guy that's got some uh, veteran savvy that if he 
does get called up. He's not going to get, going to get overwhelmed by the situation. And we've seen that with Ty Ratty here. He's, he's playing with Connor McDavid. And he just said that, you know, i got to pinch myself. Like, I am playing. I've got an opportunity. I, I'm guessing, and I've never, I don't know or haven't followed his career a lot, but I'm guessing when he got up with the St. Louis Blues, he wasn't playing on their top line. Or where Carolina, wherever he was, he wasn't getting 18 minutes a night, power play time, playing on the, with one of their best players. Here he is. And he's getting it because no one else has grasped it. So I don't under, I don't know the Oilers' whole situation, what they're going to do with contracts at the end of the year. But if they don't sign a Ty Ratty, they're going to have to sign a player like Ty Ratty, somebody that can come up and fit the bill in a top nine forward or a top six forward. So now you have him. You're seeing what he's capable of doing. And again, I agree with you. I'm not saying, all right, hey, we got the number one line for, for next year. Let's not worry about that because it's here because it's a small sample size against subpar teams in a non-stressful situation. Right. But you can see what he, he's got talent. You can see that he can think the game. And if he becomes a depth player that you can use, and if, if, if this continues next year, great. But if it doesn't, you still know that in a small amount of time he's capable of doing what he's showing right now he's worth having in the organization yeah i i've liked some of his decision making robin you and i have often commented on players who haven't played a lot in the nhl sometimes regardless of age Mm -hmm. you know he's not 19 he's 25 but they they get on the ice they get they get sometimes with other offensive players and they either get the puck and just whack it somewhere as soon as they get it because they don't want to handle it or they just look for the other two more experienced players on their line. Raddy, he looks like he can take a moment. You've uh, He did it again tonight. Bad angle shot that created mm-hmm. a rebound in front. So I, I, that's what I like. There's not that... Um, sort of misdirection to his game. There's a, there's a focus to what he's doing with the puck. Well... And people, I mean, there's going to be the negative people that say, well, he's playing with Connor McDavid and he's going to have success, which is true, but Milan Lucic was there for 36 games. He had one goal. puliyarvi has been there. kajula has been there. Slepeshev's been there. Uh, Strom's been there. Maroon's been there. I mean, there's a long list of players that have tried to be there, and the reason the others don't have anyone there right now is because they've all uh, have had zero consistency. They've had a splash. Some of them, or some of them have had none at all. So you like that. And another thing I saw him do tonight, which... Again, when you're playing with a Connor McDavid, you always think, I got to make a play. There's a time tonight, he's coming up the ice, he crosses the red line, and he's got McDavid and Nugent Hopkins with him, but it was a three on three situation. And he could have forced a play, but he didn't. Instead, he drilled the puck in and around the far boards, and RNH went in and got it. And I'm thinking back, and I don't mean to harp on a player, but thinking now, would Milan Lucic have done that? Or would he have just tried to force a pass and hope that McDavid could beat someone? And it gets turned over and it's going the other way. So Raddy's got the, he can recognize a situation. And, and even though I'm from the minors, and this this is my seventh game in Edmonton, and that's Connor McDavid 15 feet from me, the smart play and the right play is for me to dump the puck in. And because we've got a lead in the third period, he does that. And they gain, they gain control of the puck. So that's the things that the coaching staff are going to like, that he recognizes game situations and does the right thing. Yeah, good game for him. McDavid lights it up. He's a point behind Kucherov for the NHL scoring lead. The Oilers beat the Senators 6-2. You can get Rob and me, 780-496-0063. Our old buddy Logan is kicking off the calls tonight. Hey, Logan. Hey, Raiden. Hey, Rob. Hello. Um, it was a good road trip game for the Oilers. A great point, pretty good game. Talbot save percentage, three one. I mean, good last fourteen games, fourteen starts. If Talbot had that all year, maybe he might playoff spot. Do you guys agree on that, Rob? 
Uh, yes, I, I do, and I know that Bob and Jack talked about it at the beginning of the game. If Anderson for Ottawa and Talbot for the Oilers would have had the same save percentage that they had last year and carried it into this year, both teams would be in playoff spots. So, yeah, the Oilers, uh, three things. And I know that there's a lot of talk about analytics and metrics before the game, but three things are the reason the Oilers are, n- are where they are in the standings. Save percentage, poor goaltending, power play, and penalty killing. All subpar through the first three quarters of the season put them in a position where they could not make the playoffs. And now the Oilers 10-6-1 in their last 17 games. And, and again, we do acknowledge there's a there's a variety of intensity from the opponents at, at this type of year. Well, none today from yeah, the Ottawa Senators. I mean, not like it's horrible yeah. what, what happened with, with the last few days with Carlson and everything. Uh, Talbot had a... I, I've gone back with Talbot to ever since the 7-5 loss to Florida because he had a really bad game. Yep. It was one of his worst games in Edmonton. Uh, since then, in 16 appearances, he... Well, okay, in the 15 games before tonight he had a 928 save percentage he stops 33 of 35 tonight so it'll probably creep up to 930 931 over a 16 game stretch so that's a fifth of the season so if I, I mean if Talbot I don't know we're not going to sit here and say he should have been 930 for no. the whole year that's that's beyond what he's played in the past but if he's 918 over the course of the whole season these games would mean something I don't know if they're in the playoffs but yeah they might be hanging around mm-hmm. at least so yeah, yeah well, that's absolutely then the penalty killing is way better they did they allow one tonight? They did allow one tonight. So they've uh, now gone 47 for 53 over the last 18 games on the PK. It's over 90%. So they have allowed one three games in a row, but it hasn't hurt them in Tampa Bay. It didn't kill them the last two games. The power play is a whole other story. It, it has not really had a burst all year long. Which is amazing. This was their first power play goal on the road since February 7th, Rob. They've got, they've got 12 road games without a power play goal. It's normally tough to win on the road. It's even tougher when you can't score a power play goal. Well, then tonight they had the five on three, too. And, I mean, they finally got the play they wanted. It took a long time to get to it. Uh, they try, finally got the play they wanted, and RNH just handcuffed Leon a little bit on the one-timing opportunity. Uh, the Oilers, I mean, going into next year, and it's sad that we're talking about next year already, but going into next year, if Talbot is back doing what he's been doing lately, you feel comfortable. But their power play has to get better. It, it just does. It puts too much pressure five-on-five on, five on your star players to have to produce night after night after night. The power play has to get better, so I, I, I don't know what they're going to do over the course of the summer, if they're going to try and devise something different, look at all the other power plays in the National Hockey League, the ones that are successful, see why they're successful. Uh, are they going to find well, somebody to bring good, in? But again, the good one they had today, they, they had four shots and net mouth scrambles, well, or at least net mouth um, opportunity, goal mouth opportunities in the first minute. Yeah, And, and, well, and then and, the next power play, they go back to, <laughs> to like you almost need a shot clock on them or something to encourage them to shoot. Well, was Bear on the next one? Because Bear was on the one. Bear likes Bear to shoot. Bear was on the one that she and he He's took the shot. Shots, but was he on the next half, one, though? No, he wasn't. That's the thing. But but I don't think they're going to hand him the keys to the No, 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 no. Year. But, I mean, they saw but Bear... That's the mentality, at least. And, and that's the mentality you need. Everything starts with a shot. I, I mean, I played with for Ken Hitchcock in, in a couple a couple different times. And when our, pen, our power play struggled, it was very simple. You're allowed one pass, then shoot. And we're like, well, what if we're not... You're allowed one pass, shoot. But Hitch, what if we're... You're allowed one pass and shoot. All right. So then, and it was amazing how quickly your mindset changed. 
because now I'm making a pass to someone that I want to shoot the puck. Mm-hmm. And everybody that did not have the puck were cocked and ready because they knew if the puck came to them, they had to shoot. Where a lot of the times when you see the others pass the puck around right now, the guy that's getting the puck isn't prepared to shoot, not ready to shoot, because he's already thinking where he's going to pass the puck. Right. So that's the biggest thing. When one guy has a puck, the other four players must be uh, dangerous. They must be guys willing to put the puck on net, because if they aren't, it's easy to, to kill. Because, okay, I know he's not going to shoot, so I can cheat a little more to this guy, take this pass away, because if it goes all the way over there, he's going to stop it and look to make a play. Therefore, it gives me more time to get into the right position. Kajula got the power play goal tonight in the third period. He also had a goal in the first period. Oilers beat the Senators 6-2. The Japanese Village goal light is on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. You can go print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village, one of their three locations, downtown, south side, and north side. We do the Japanese Village goal light whenever the Oilers get five or more in a game. They have done that two nights in a row. Tony's our next caller, but we want to go back to Ottawa here. Connor McDavid, two goals and two assists. Connor, it's starting to kind of become a little theme with you, I guess, over the last couple of games that they get a goal and then you have that big response, that big push. Is that, that a nice thing to see this? Yeah, our group has found a way to, to respond well to giving up goals. Uh, you know, there's there's always those momentum shifts in, in a game and, and uh, you know, we seem to be able to get it back. Why is it clicking as a trio with your line? Well, I'm not too sure what it is. Um, you know, we've had our good nights, we've had our off nights and, and uh, you know, I thought the other night in Carolina was uh, was not a good light night for our line and, and, and the team was great and um, you know so they kind of picked us up and and, uh, and tonight I thought uh, we were real good so we've had our good nights we've had our off nights and, and you're going to get that though. I know you're tired of talking about if you're a point back did you sense that I guess this night was going to you can continue to put up these kind of uh, you know what? I, I don't want to talk too much about it. Uh, it was a good night for our team, and, and our line found a way to get a few, and, and, and that's good. And uh, you know, two more points for our team. Um, you know, and it's it's important to find a way to build a little momentum down the stretch. All right, there's Connor McDavid, 94 points, 36 goals. Jack Michaels on Twitter. 36 goals by McDavid, most by an oiler since Ryan Smith had that in 2006. McDavid, 21 goals in his last 25 games. That's pretty good. I mean, all the people out there who want him to shoot more, well, not only is he shooting, he's scoring, but it shows what he's capable of doing. Um, He's going to be a 50-goal scorer in the National Hockey League one year, and the reason why is because he's going to want to be. It was like Sidney Crosby one year decided, you know, I'm going to score I'm going 50 to win this year. Trophy. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go out and do it. And and not many people can say that. Like I, I said it every year, <laughs> uh, and then six goals later, the season was over. But he, he he's he, he, there's certain players in the world that have the capabilities to set their mind on a goal and then go out and accomplish it. Sidney Crosby, for example, said, I'm going to win the Rocket Rashard. I'm going to score the most goals, and he goes and does it. I'm going to become a good face-off guy. And then the next year, he became a good face-off guy. Connor McDavid's, you know, I'm going to shoot more, and I'm going to score. And one of the reasons, too, is Connor's a very unselfish player. He likes moving the puck to his teammates. He likes his line mates scoring goals. But there was long stretches here this year where game after game, he was creating opportunities that weren't being finished time and time again and and it's not the selfish part where he okay I got to get my points it's the well my line isn't scoring and now we're not winning so he's become a little more selfish in the play where he's like you know what I'm in a good scoring position right now I know I could move it over to him but I know I can score from here 
He might score. I Hopefully he will score, but I know I will score. And now he's start, starting to shoot more. And what that's going to do, it's going to create havoc for goalies and defensemen because they're always expecting him to pass. Now when he's shooting, that's going to give him two options, and it's going to create more opportunities for he and his line mates. Oilers 6, Senators 2 is the final. Oilers led it one nothing after 1, 2 nothing after 2. Duchesne got one back for Ottawa early in the third period. Nugent Hopkins scored eight seconds after that, setting off the Oilers for three goals in a minute 43 to put the game away. 780-496-0063. Tony's on the line. Hey, Tony. How are you guys doing tonight? Very well. Where you been, buddy? You haven't called for like three or four games. Yeah, it's been uh, a rough stretch right now. I've... Working on your PhD, I assume? No, just a bunch of stress in my life right now, so that's about it. <laughs> All right. Well, sorry about that. What's on your mind? Um, so the first thing that's on my mind is uh, bombs down for the rest of the season, obviously because of, sh- uh, of his shoulder or whatever. Good, maybe he'll come back next year even stronger. Would you keep Ethan Bear up here until the end of the season now to, to maybe fill his position? Yes. I think they're going to have to. It's very, that's very simple, yes. Secker's not playing either, eh? Right, right now, Ethan Bear is getting more ice time than three defensemen per night and sometimes more. He had 20 minutes again tonight. The coaching staff trusts him. He's getting a long, long look here for the remainder of the season. And my second one is um, McDavid did four points tonight, and I know I've known a few people who have kind of given up on him on the whole Hart on the Art Ross and Hart or whatever. And um, they said that he was on pace for 101 points, I believe they said tonight. Well, now I mean, it'll be think- now it'll be a little more. Yeah. Yeah, and why isn't McDavid getting considerations for the Hart because? He is almost in the lead now. He's only one point behind Kucherov. Why isn't he getting any looks besides um, McKinnon, um, Kucherov, and uh, what's his face? Malkin. Uh, and Malkin. Well, because their teams are all in the playoffs. So they'll basically the heart the heart basically goes to whoever's in the playoffs. No, no, it doesn't have to be that. We're Mario won it. Mario won it in Pittsburgh one year because he was so much better than everyone else in the league. Um, he almost lapped most of the teams. I, I do want to say that, though. That year, the Penguins finished 12th overall out of 21 teams. I was on, yeah, I was on that team. We missed by one point. Pa- but in the Patrick division. Yeah. We're in the difference, I think, I remember, re- is like we're like five points between first and last yeah, in the Patrick eight, division. I looked it up a couple weeks ago. It was like 88 to 82. Yeah. First and last. So, yeah. so the, the, if Connor McDavid was heads and shoulders better than everyone this year, if he had an all-world season and the Oilers failed to make the playoffs like they're going to, then you would be hearing a lot more people talking about him deserving the heart. The fact that it's close and this scoring race is going to go down to the very end uh, and these other teams have got teams in the playoffs. I mean, Kucherov's the best player on the best team. Uh, Melkin has been all-world since January 1st and has taken a Penguin team from, at one point, way out of the playoffs to now safely in the playoffs and a lot of people are thinking, okay, is this do they have a chance at a three-peat? Nathan McKinnon has taken a team that everyone thought was dead when they made the Duchesne trade, and he has got—he's got the—he has the best points per game average in the National Hockey League because he missed a bunch of games. To me, it's hands down Nathan McKinnon, unless they fail to make the playoffs. Nathan McKinnon is your MVP, and then you got to look at a Claude Giroux on a Philadelphia team. He's now got 90 points on the season. And he's taken a Philadelphia team that no one expected to do anything, and they're making the playoffs. So that is why those players are going to be talked of ahead of Connor McDavid when it comes to the heart this year. 87-88. The Pittsburgh Penguins 
had 81 points, uh, so one game above 500. There were no overtime or shootout loss points then. Nope. The Patrick Division, Islanders 88, Flyers 85, Capitals 85, Devils 82, Rangers out of the playoffs on the tiebreaker with 82, Penguins 81. So seven points first to last. The Penguins had more points than the Hartford Whalers, who were fourth in the Adams. Mm-hmm. and got in. Quebec was last in that division with 69. How about the Norris division? St. Louis finished second with 76, made the playoffs. Chicago third, 69. Toronto, 21 wins and 52 points, made the playoffs in fourth. Minnesota missed with 51. And your Penguins, Rob, also had more points than Winnipeg, who were third in the Smythe with 77. L.A. made the playoffs fourth in the Smythe with 68. Vancouver missed with 59. So that was the old pure divisional mm-hmm. format. No, uh, I mean, now it's a combination of division and conference. So there's, so the you, you guys were a middle-of-the-pack team overall. Yep. The Oilers are not. They're going to be in the bottom of bottom third. They're mm-hmm. not going to be close and, to the playoff spot. And that year, I, I don't know, punch up the, the stats Where's for the scoring. Here? So Mario had 168 in 77. Gretzky had 149 in 64. Yes. And then what was next after that? Uh, Denny Savard had 131. Yeah, so, so, I mean, Mario... And, and Mario had 70 goals. Yeah, so that, I mean, he was that much better. I mean, he had 30, 20-some points more than Wayne Gretzky. That played, year. Played 13 more games. Well, there you go. Just saying. I can't see that far, even with my new glasses. Can't see that far. Uh, but that's why, I mean, if, if Connor McDavid was to finish 25 points or 30 points ahead of Kucherov in the scoring title, then you would start seeing more talk about Connor McDavid. Yeah. It's not about who the best player in the league is this year. It's been the MVP. And to me, McKinnon is the MVP simply because what he's done with the Colorado team that, frankly, I did not have any thought of challenging for a playoff spot. All right, on the advantage, trailer rentals, out-of-town scoreboard tonight. Vancouver taking it to Chicago. It is 5-1 with seven minutes left. Kings up 5-1 on the avalanche. That's after two. After the first period, Vegas leads San Jose 1-0. The Lightning beat the Islanders 7-6. Flyers over the Rangers 4-3. Hurricanes beat the Coyotes 6-5. Funny goal for Arizona in that game. Goligoski shot it in. Cam Ward went behind the net to stop it. It lodged into his skate. He didn't know where it went, so he skated back into his crease, and in the process of doing that, his foot went over the goal line, so they called it a goal. Blue Jackets, Rob, win their 10th in a row, 4 nothing over the Florida Panthers. Yeah, there's a team that's battling to get into a playoff spot. Now, I mean, they could end up playing against the Penguins in the first round. That will be another oh, series that whatever team comes out, the winner of that one will be badly beat up to play the Washington Capitals. Capitals over the Red Wings, one nothing. That's a final, and Toronto wins 5-2 in Nashville. Austin Matthews back in the lineup. He scores his 29th of the season. Good hockey player. Toronto Maple Leafs want to get healthy. They can make a little bit of a run. Women's World Curling. You Ooh. don't you don't see uh, this type of score very often. No. Holy smokes. Canada beats Italy to go to 10 and 14 6. I'm just going to see how they got to this. It was what was it after 5 here, Rob? That's 8 it was 8-3 after 5. Canada got 2 in the 6th. Italy came back with three in the seventh. Canada got four in the eighth, and then they shook hands. Well, I I think Italy just wanted to get some practice when it was 8-3. 
because normally when you're playing against Canada, you're down 8-3, you're shaking hands then, but Italy's like, you know what? We need a little practice, check the ice out, see what's going on. <laughs> Jennifer Jones is on fire, as usual, when she represents the country. 10-0, Sweden is 10-1. and They obviously played yesterday in uh, Canada. One uh, Top six make the playoffs in that Canada, well, they're guaranteed to finish uh, first or second, and they got the inside track on first. Oilers over the uh, Ottawa Senators tonight, 6-2. That means a $150 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. It's $25 every time the Oilers score, and you can track that total on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. The Oilers will be back home for a three-game homestand. L.A. coming up on Saturday, Anaheim on Sunday, and then the Columbus Blue Jackets. Who knows if they'll keep the winning streak going uh, for that game. That'll be on Tuesday night. You're still going to hear from Todd McClellan, from Drake Kajula, from Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Kajula scored twice tonight, got it going early on Craig Anderson, who's been having a tough year. The shots on goal on this one, 38-35 in favor of the Oilers. Edmonton goes one for five on the power play. I mentioned their first power play goal on the road in 13 games. Hadn't scored a road power play goal since February 7th. The Senators go one for two with the man advantage. Edmonton going three and one on this four-game road trip. Uh, A win over Florida, and that was a, a big game for Florida. They're still fighting to try to make the playoffs, and they still might. That's an interesting race between them and New Jersey in the East. Then that loss to uh, Tampa Bay, and then the Oilers able to take advantage to a couple teams of a couple teams having tough runs here, uh, pounding Carolina and then Ottawa tonight. We're back after the nine o'clock news. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, City Four Faceoff. This is the, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. For Nurse, he'll curl it up the left-hand side. Pucker in it, tried to serve it for Carrick. Taken away by CeCe, who didn't get a shot away. And then a sprawling right pad save by Talbot against Jean-Gabriel Pajot. Cam Talbot getting his 28th win of the season tonight. He's now 28-27-2 on the year. Oilers take down the Senators 6-2. That was Talbot's save of the game for Arcan Trailer and RV Center. Alberta's favorite RV dealership now carrying motorhomes. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's 9.05. Connor McDavid, four points. He now trails Kucherov by one for the scoring lead. 95-94 is Kucherov's advantage. You can get us at 780 we have Gloria on the line. Hey, Gloria. Hi. Hi, Reed. Hey, Rob. Hello. I am a first-time caller, long-time listener. Uh, I grew up in Edmonton, so a huge Oilers fan, now living in Ottawa, so I was able to catch the only game I was able to see in live. So it was pretty awesome. Like, we had a go-as-go cheer going on that, like... Did you have an Oilers jersey on tonight? Than, yeah, I had I have Nuge on because... That's the one that my uncle bought me. <laughs> you should have been downstairs afterwards. Got his autograph on it. <laughs> I know what. I tried. Not really. We were really high up, but uh, it was awesome. And what'd you think of the game? I never. Oh, I never saw McDavid lied before, and so like, just seeing him flying across the ice was pretty amazing. It seemed like the ice was tilted on our side because I made sure that we sat like where they were attacking the most, but it seems like they were always there. So I don't know if that was because, like, we won because we were playing extremely well or were the centers just really bad, like... I think it's both, yeah. I mean, Ottawa's having a a pretty bad season, and and I think the Oilers are playing a little... uh 
little looser, a little more confident, a little more detailed than they have been earlier in the season. And plus, Talbot's doing way better. Mm, true. Um, do you think McDavid's linemates will keep, be the same for the rest of the season, like Raddy and Nuge? Um, I, I think it will be for the next game. Um, I, I, everything seems to change here when things go sideways. I think it's going to be a big step up for, for Raddy the next couple games they play against L.A. and who is L.A. and LA An- Anaheim, Anaheim coming up, yep. which will be two tough games because very important games for both those two teams as they certainly need the points in the playoff push. But uh, I think they've liked what Nugent Hopkins has done there. He's played well. He thinks the game like Connor and has had success. It allows Leon to drive his own line, which is something that they've wanted to do all season long. And Ty Raddy's earned us, uh, an opportunity again. And if you look up and down the lineup, I don't know if there's anybody right now that could unseat Ty Raddy on that line. So uh, I would never say it will stay for good simply because things can change very, very quickly. But it, it certainly is a line that has played very well in the last four games and deserves to be together and will be together to start the game on Saturday. Gloria, when, uh, how long have you been uh, in the Ottawa area now? Um, we moved uh, the summer of 2011, but I was in Waterloo for school for university for oh, this year. So I was born in only... Kitchener-Waterloo. How about that? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I was technically only in Ottawa for a couple years. And what'd you what'd you graduate in in, in Waterloo? Uh, kinesiology. Oh, nice. Are you using it? I'm waiting to get into occupational therapy. I applied to U of A, so maybe I'll be back. So we'll see. Well, that'd be good. You can go to Roger's place. You can check it out. Yeah. You can come see Connor play on a nightly basis. <laughs> that would be exciting. <laughs> Thanks, Gloria. Thank you for calling. Yeah. That is Gloria, 780-496-0063. Oilers win big, 6-2. Hey, let's go uh, back to the Canadian Tire Centre here. Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Ways to creatively ask about complicated When you see something like tonight, I'm actually running out of answers, creative answers to describe it too. So um, just a remarkable effort. Um, especially the way they responded after getting scored on. That was important. That's great leadership. Uh, we talk a lot about those pushback and response shifts, and um, he and their line uh, did a tremendous job of doing that tonight. And then uh, he's just got so much pace to his game, change of speed, uh, deception, that uh, it's tough to defend. And they took took advantage of some situations that were created. Did you say anything on the bench? Like, to give you an indication that... Uh, no, he's... Uh, He's just ready to go at any time. A lot of the reason why Ty Raddy's had success there is he's not really overthinking the fact that he's had this opportunity. Well, we got to remember, Ty's a, a pretty uh, offensively creative player, and uh, he has scored a lot in his career, especially through his junior days, and uh, maybe hasn't happened for him as much at the, the NHL level, but the opportunity he's getting now to play in the you know, in the top six or top three, and uh, the amount of ice time he's taking advantage of. So uh, I don't know if he's ever got that chance, uh, but he's getting it now, and we're finding out whether he can uh, sustain it, and that'll be the, the key for him. But he, he's fit that line well. Um, he thinks the game uh, at their level, and he puts himself in a good spot. Three wins on this road trip. Uh, what do you 
Well, three was a big number for us. We we got to two, and before the game tonight, uh, we talked about three. We hadn't got there on any of our road trips this year. Uh, not everyone's a four-game or five-game trip, but uh, when we had opportunities, we seemed to fall short. So uh, we consider this a very successful one uh, going home now. And we want to continue to uh, to move the needle forward. And you know what caused it? Everybody's contributing. We're scoring a little bit more. The penalty kills improved. Power play found found a way to score one finally tonight. So. Um, uh, a lot of areas of the game that are uh, are going the right way right now, and the efforts being put into it. No, it's like uh, there's two things. We're disappointed where we're at, and we've got to separate that from how we're playing. And uh, I think it's so important for us to uh, to play the right way to. Uh, struggle and push to win games right now. Um, I look at teams that did it last year, and Tampa's a prime example. They didn't, uh, they didn't roll over. It wasn't a race for, um, you know, for a draft pick or anything like that. And uh, that's what we're trying to do right now. We're really trying to push and, and win as much as we can and, and have good habits down the stretch. Star athletes can have multi point games but not really do much. It seemed tonight Connor was just in command. Right, he dominated that game. Is that a fair assessment of. No, I think he was, uh, the best way to put it was he was in command. He was. he was the MVP in the Super Bowl in the quarterback position where he just controlled the game and uh, he dictated the pace and how quick it was going to happen. He could slow it down in certain points. He could speed it up. Um, you know, And again, his line mates helped him, but uh, he was the quarterback. That is Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. And yes, McDavid spectacular with two goals and two assists. Edmonton 6, Ottawa 2 is the final. We have Rob on line 2. Rob, thank you for calling. How old is Ty Ratty? Uh, Ty Ratty is 25. He turned 25 in February. So how did they get him? Was he, did they sign him as a free agent? Yes, or? he was an unrestricted free agent uh, in the summer. He played, what did he play, five games for Carolina last year, four for St. Louis, and the rest uh, in the minors. Where did he play junior? Portland Winterhawks, man. He was in a couple of those series against the Oil Kings. Very, very good Western Hockey League player in Portland. I, I remembered him playing against Joel Kings, but I just couldn't remember which team he played for. Yep, it was Portland, so he played in 12 and 13, so he would have been in the first two of the three league finals in a row, right? Yeah. And he, he's 120-point seasons in the Western Hockey League. He was a 57-goal scorer, then, what, 48 the next year? Is that what it says? Yep. He, he, he was a, a very, very good offensive player in the Western Hockey League. I think he's just gotten better the last few games that he's played He's looking more comfortable, certainly. I think that you come up here, and for, for someone in his position, and I've been there, where he, his, his NHL and probably pro or North American pro career hangs in the balance of what he does right now. He's an unrestricted free agent at season's end. If he comes up here, doesn't do much, goes back down, finishes the season in the minors, maybe next year it's Europe, uh, the dream is over. So there was a lot of pressure when he came up, especially when he was put on a line with Connor McDavid, because at that point you produce or you know, you're forgotten about very, very quickly. And uh, the first couple of games he looked fine, but I, I agree he's looking more comfortable. He's making plays. He's making the right plays. So uh, give him all the credit in the world because there's guys that have had opportunities this year with no stress on them at all because the biggest stress they're going to get is, oh, you might move down to the second line. Right. Here's a guy that if he doesn't play, produce or doesn't play well with Connor McDavid, he's back down to the minors, 
and the Oilers probably don't re-sign him. But what he's done over the last few games has guaranteed him a couple more spot, a couple more games with Connor, and if he does what he's done thus far, probably gets him a new contract with the Edmonton Oilers. Rob, you want to finish the play, buddy? I can try. All right, we want to give you an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set. You park Jet Set parking, one-night stays, or long-term parking. Find your perfect match from five fifty a day at JetSetParking.com with the promo code. Chet. Here we go. A drop pass for McDavid right around Hoffman to the net. Rich shot score. Beautiful move by Connor McDavid. He's All right, got Rob, two McDavid, goals. four points tonight. He now has 94 on the season. How many points did he finish with last year? Was it 88 or 100? 100. Absolutely, buddy. Stay on the line, okay? 780-496-0063. That was an easy one. It was, and he's going to surpass the 100 points he had last year. So I guess he's going to have a career year this year. That's always, right. He's already got a career year in goal, goals, is it not? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So he's got yeah, goals. 35 goals now. And, Sorry, 36. He got 35 and 36 tonight. And he will pa- surpass, barring injury, he will surpass 100 points. and uh, get career. 40 goals. Yeah. So, well, he's got a chance. Yeah, absolutely. The way he's scoring right now, uh, yeah, 40. Yeah, 50 might not be another possibility, too. <laughs> Face-off trivia. We had a winner there, Travis, knew that the St. Louis Eagles were who the original Ottawa Senators became back in 1934. I really had to dig into the history books. By the history books, I mean Wikipedia. So Travis gets a $50 gift card to Bubbles, courtesy Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. And Ty Ratty up on that top line with Nugent Hopkins and McDavid is our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. It's 9-16. Allen is our next caller. We just got to call a quick timeout. Oilers win 6-2. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. The final tonight, 6-2. Oilers over the Ottawa Senators. Kajula with two. McDavid with two. Nugent Hopkins also scored. Raddy also scored. Duchesne and Chlapik for Ottawa. Remember I was talking about him before the game? It was foreshadowing. Yeah, uh, Schlappick. We, I mean, I picked him as first goal of the game. If I was picking for Ottawa, I would have picked Schlappick. Alan is on the line. Hey, Alan. Hey, guys. Um, I was just wondering, in your guys' opinion, what, it was, what was worse last year? The Oilers losing last year in the playoffs or the Senators moving in uh, double overtime? And uh, I find a correlation between the two teams because I find since the Oilers lost Eberle, I think the, since uh, Sens lost Mathot, they've been a different team as well. And I was just wondering, do you find that a comparison between the two by any chance? And that's all I have. Thanks. I think Bye. there. Sorry, Alan. I think there are comparisons in terms of the disappointment for this season and some of the reasons. Both goaltenders have dropped quite a bit. Uh, the Senators' special teams are not very good either. Coming into tonight, 26th power play, 28th penalty killing. So better than the Oilers, but but not by much. I mean, in terms of what was more disappointing last year, you, you depend on which fan base you're asking. I, I think there are some comparisons, though, between how it's gone this year for the two teams. Well, I think I think you can compare what went last year, too. I mean, both teams had overachieved. I don't think anyone's 
was expecting the season that the Oilers had, and there's no one was expecting Ottawa would be, you know, one shot away from going to the Stanley Cup Finals, and actually, and probably should have won that game. They were very good in the game they lost to Pittsburgh, had a couple of good chances to win it to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. So, which was a bigger disappointment? Well, if you're living in Edmonton, it was the Oilers losing a game that they probably should have won and, and a couple bad referee calls. And if you live in Ottawa, the fact that they were that close to, to getting an opportunity to play for the Stanley Cup. As for this year, between Eberle and Mathot, uh, I mean, that's tough. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, the the Mathot one is weird because they wanted they didn't want to lose Mathot. They wanted to lose Phaneuf. And Phaneuf wouldn't allow them to put him on the expansion list. Was that not correct, Reed? Wasn't it Phaneuf? They had yeah, he Phaneuf had, had a no move. He had a he no had movement, and, yeah. he, and he said no. So Mark Mathot had to go on it. And when Mark, they, I mean, and then Vegas Mathot was treated to Dallas. Yeah. yeah, and then they got him and then moved him quickly because I mean, imagine if Vegas had Mathot in their lineup too. <laughs> I mean, they, they they moved him because they didn't think they were going to be a good team this year in Vegas, and they tried to accumulate as many draft picks and young players as they can get as they moved forward. And they could have had Mark Mathot in their lineup. So uh, it, both cities are very disappointed on where their teams are at this moment. Yeah. And we have another Tony calling in. Hey, Tony. Hey there, guys. How you guys doing today? Good. Go ahead, man. Hey, uh, so I was just wondering, uh, first of all, Reed, I just want to say a quick thank you. I am the Nate student that you helped out at the uh, press conference at Rogers Place the other time, so I just want to say a quick thank you. But on to the question, uh, Connor McDavid, he's been on a tear in the last 17 games. I mean, uh, 28 points, 13 goals. He's added a new element by shooting the puck, especially in the second half of the season. And while he's having, having an MVP-like season, the last player not to make the playoffs and win MVP was in 1988, Mario Lemieux. And personally, I think you can make a stronger case for Nathan McKinnon to win the Hart Trophy, uh, but in your guys' opinion, do you guys think uh, Connor McDavid is the front runner for the Ted Lindsay Award as the best player voted by the player? That's a good question. A really good question. I, I mean, that they often match. Not all the time, but they often match. I, I would think that, yeah, I would think Connor McDavid would win that, yes. That he, he, he would be my pick. Nathan McKinnon is my pick for NHL MVP. And Connor McDavid is my Lindsay pick. So why do you think, though, the players would vote differently than the media? Well, I I think the Lindsay is more who the best player is, is it not? But it's voted by... It's a a different set of people voting. Yeah, but it's it's a different uh, criteria, is it not? Isn't that for the best player in the league? I, gotta, I, I, I mean, I don't know. That's that's from what the question was. I mean, to me, if it's for the best player, I mean, I think Connor McDavid is the best player in the yeah, league. Yeah, it's most outstanding. Yeah, so I would give it to Connor McDavid, and I give Nathan McKinnon the MVP. That's just my choice. I get no but, choice in but either. McK- but if McKinnon has a higher points per game, isn't that more outstanding than whoever wins the Art Ross? I mean, I'm you know, yeah. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I'm keeping my votes it's, it's, the same. No, I know. I mean, it's just no. two, it's two totally separate no. voting bodies. I mean, right? the, last so time, the last time I remember, now it probably has been other times, but I remember the one year that Jerome McGinley won the Lindsay and, and uh, Theodore. Theodore won the MVP. Yeah, which, I think there was a year recently, too, where they might have been different. Possibly, go yeah. Good question by Tony. Very nice. Uh, we're at a time, Rob. So here's what we're going to do. Okay. I'll do Inside Sports tomorrow from 6 to 8. Stoffer will do Oilers now from noon to 2. 6.30, we'll do the face-off show from Rogers Place. 8 o'clock, we'll have Jack and Bob's play-by-play. 
Oilers and Kings. Sounds good to me. Tougher opponent for sure. Yeah, it should be a good weekend. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. Oilers win at 6-2 over the Senators. You can get more on 630Ched.com on the Oilers page. we got post game there from Kajula and Nugent Hopkins as well. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Have a great night. 